grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today's epistle reading ends with 1 Corinthians 10.13. This verse has always been troubling for me. It says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. What seems to be the clear message to me in this verse is that God never lets us be tempted more strongly than we are able to resist. In fact, it says he always provides a way out. So my simple mind is tempted to think that therefore Paul is saying it's possible for you to resist every temptation. And that sounds to me like Paul is saying you can stop sinning. I've never been able to accomplish that. However, the man who wrote 1 Corinthians 10.13 a little later also wrote Romans 7 verses 14 to 25, which I believe tells us that in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul is not saying you can stop sinning. So I actually want to preach on Romans 7 verses 14 to 25, and since that wasn't the assigned reading, let me read that now. It's also on the back side of the bulletin insert that has the, um, the sermon hymn on it. <clears throat> For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. You may have sensed that Paul is talking about some kind of a conflict going on here. He describes the nature of this battle when he tells us in verse 15, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Then in verse 19, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. And then finally in verses 22 and 23, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law 
waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. There is a war that goes on in every Christian. Every Christian has learned what Paul learned and what Paul is expressing here in this text, that there is something good that he desires to do, namely that he delights in the law of God in the inner being. The Christian does not want to be a thief. He would like to be honest as far as the inner person is concerned. The Christian does not want to worship gold and silver. He wants to worship the true triune God whom he loves and in whom he believes. The Christian does not want to curse and swear, use foul language, swear false oaths, or consult fortune tellers. But he wants to love the word of God and rejoice in it. He knows that that is the truth and that that is the food and drink for his hungry soul. The Christian does not want to be an adulterer. He loves purity and would like to be just as pure as the angels, as pure as God would have us. So he prays, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The Christian knows that it's shameful for us to wish evil on our neighbor and want to take his stuff. So according to the inward person, the Christian's greatest joy is in goodness, in learning about it and practicing it. But that's not all there is to a Christian, the inner person. In every Christian, there still lives what lived in Paul, which he refers to in verse 14 when he says, I am of the flesh sold under sin. That's a serious confession. I am of the flesh means I have my old fleshly nature. What is my old fleshly nature? It's the nature we inherit from Adam. In Romans 5.12, Paul says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. And he repeats that thought a number of times in, in that passage, that context. But that's the main message I need here is that we inherit from Adam the, the fallen nature, his fallen nature. So here in Romans 7, Paul's talking about the battle between our old inherited fallen nature and our Holy Spirit created new nature. But in each case, it's our nature. I mean, the old and the new. So when Paul says in Romans 7, 17, so now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me, he's not doing what that old comedian Flip Wilson did when he said, the devil made me do it. He's not doing that. Paul still owns the responsibility for fighting the old nature when he loses. He, when he loses, he doesn't blame someone else. He's like the devil. In fact, 
That's how to understand 1 Corinthians 10.13, the last verse in our epistle, the assigned epistle. When I resist temptation, I have to give God all the credit. He's the one who provided the way out. When I give in to the temptation, a temptation, I have to take all the blame or responsibility. And through our reason, our human reason, that probably seems unfair. But we should remind ourselves if Jesus had demanded that everything be fair, everyone be fair to him, we would be on our way to hell, if not already there. Because it wasn't fair what they did to him. Now, I too have that sinful, wicked, depraved, corrupt, inherited nature that I was born with. When I'm honest, I know that it's not dead. Sin is a living thing which moves itself within me and troubles me and causes me to do the very things I hate. I hate idolatry. It's low and shameful and contemptible. I want to say to the true God, like what Asaph said in Psalm 73, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there's none upon earth that I desire besides thee. But over and over, the opposite attitude keeps popping up in my heart. The love of money, the love of honor among men, the desire to be praised by men. The thing that Jesus condemned in the Pharisees, namely the love of the praise of men rather than the praise of God, I see the same thing in me. And the cowardice that you see in Peter when he denied the Lord, that cowardice lives in my heart too. There are times when in fear, I don't take advantage of an opportunity to share my faith in Christ. Envy and jealousy are foolish, childish, and wicked. Yet those thoughts and attitudes spring up in my heart too. I know that I would be much happier if I was content. I know that discontent is shameful ingratitude toward the giver of every good gift, God. And yet, discontent crops up in my heart. I know that I ought to love my neighbor as myself. I expect him to love me as he loves himself. But I, I would be dishonest if I said that every time something bad happened to my neighbor, I felt just as bad as if it happened to me. I would be dishonest if I said every time something good happened to my neighbor, I always felt just as good for him as if it had happened to me. So like Paul, I too am fleshly. I too am sold under sin, sold as a slave to sin. Frequently it's hard for me to forgive my neighbor his simple offenses toward me. But God so graciously and mercifully forgives everything in me every day. Many times I've sung that song that quotes Psalm 19 concerning the words, God's words, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. 
but that was when the new nature was speaking in me. There have also been times when I didn't want to get into the Bible. I didn't want to put off doing something else before I had my devotion. I preferred that something else. Yeah, I too am fleshly, sold as a slave to sin. So here's the fight. The two natures, the inner new nature and the fleshly old nature, they both live in every Christian, and they each battle to be the top dog. The old nature wants to rule and strangle the new nature, and the new nature fights against the old nature. Every Christian is conscious of this battle going on inside. Anyone who tells you that he doesn't have such a fleshly nature, that he feels that all he feels in his heart is true love and devotion to his God and true unselfish love toward his neighbor, that person is not a Christian. He's actually in the power of the devil who has blinded him so much that he doesn't realize he's a sinner. With that attitude, he doesn't know that he has to pray. He should be praying, wash me from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Also, he's deceiving himself because the Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, it is true that when influenced by God's word and the fellowship of Christians, friends, singing hymns like in church here, that the, the new nature can be strengthened enough for the moment that a Christian might almost think that that old nature is dead. But it usually isn't very long before he discovers that the old nature is still there, still alive. Some situation comes up that requires self-denial. It's unwilling to do it. Instead of being able to say, I delight to do your will, O God, he would rather say, let somebody else do that. I've done enough. If the cross isn't too severe, it's not so hard to say, the cup that my father gives me, shall I not drink it? But when God gives you a cup that seems to take every earthly joy away from you and in its place gives you physical suffering, mental distress, loss, misery, then you're not so willing to pray that difficult prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's not deceive ourselves. If we're true Christians, this battle goes on inside of us every day. The same battle that Paul describes here in this text in Romans. And, praise God, it is true that according to the new nature, we delight in the law of God. We agree with the law that it is good. But also, we are fleshly, sold in slavery to sin. That's the nature of this battle that we fight every day. Sometimes it's hot, severe. Sometimes it's not so severe. But it's always there. You might say that's the normal Christian life. Does it sound familiar? One other thing this text reveals about the nature of this fight is that it's serious, if you didn't believe that already. 
when Paul mentions this battle, he cries out, a wretched man that I am. That's not an emotionless comment like, I think it might rain today. In those words, Paul indicates that this battle is serious. It, it can involve suffering. It can involve pain, maybe physical, maybe emotional, maybe psychological, maybe all three, maybe something else. Paul is not, and Paul is not the only one who has called out, O wretched man that I am. In his best years, St. Augustine was a bold man, an educated man who was not easily moved to tears. But in his book entitled Confessions, he says there were times when he threw himself on the ground and wept bitter tears because of the sin that still moved within him and polluted his thoughts and his emotions and caused him to struggle to be what he wanted to be, a perfect man, delighting in the law of God. Luther also knew the severity of this battle. In a letter to Melanchthon, he wrote from the Wartburg Castle on July 13, 1521, while he was supposedly feverishly working on translating the New Testament, Luther said, I sit here at ease, hardened and unfeeling, alas, praying little, grieving little for the church, burning rather in the fierce fires of my untamed flesh. It comes to this. I should be a fire in the spirit. In reality, I am a fire in the flesh with lust, laziness, idleness, sleepiness. It is perhaps because you have ceased praying for me that God has turned away from me. For the last eight days, I have written nothing, nor prayed, nor studied, partly from self-indulgence, partly from another vexatious handicap, it probably referring to constipation and piles which Luther suffered, especially when he was at that Wartburg Castle. I really cannot stand it any longer. Pray for me, I beg you, for in my seclusion here I am submerged in sins. This is a serious battle, which is why in Galatians 5.24 the Bible calls it a crucifixion of our flesh. Luke 9.23 says it's denying ourselves. So no wonder Paul cried out. He didn't just say, he cried out, Oh, wretched man that I am. Why do we pray in church, and God grant that we mean it when we pray it, Oh, Christ, have mercy upon us. Oh, Lord, have mercy upon us. Oh, Christ, have mercy upon us. Why do we pray, forgive us our trespasses? Why do we plead with God, lead us not into temptation, from e but deliver us from evil? It's because we have this wild beast inside our carnal nature, fleshly nature, and we have to fight with him every day. All this moves some people to conclude that the battle's too severe for them. They're almost ready to surrender because they believe they can't win. It just seems too much. But that would be a mistake. That's a deception of the devil. Even though we lose many of the battles, we are still forgiven. Our forgiveness doesn't depend on us winning these battles. It depends on Christ. 
Paul knew this when he cried out in verse 24, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? He immediately, you know, they weren't numbered then, but he immediately wrote in verse 25, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The important thing is not winning every battle. You can't. The important thing is staying in the war. And we can't play games with God. He knows whether we're fighting you know, genuinely or whether we're playing games. We can't fool God. But he is a merciful God. That's what helps us stay in the war. When we try so hard to win some particular battle and lose, we can, as Peter says, 1 Peter, cast our care on him because he cares for us. He's not wanting to just chew us out because we lost. He cares for us. We call becoming a Christian justification. We call growing as Christians sanctification. When we become a Christian, justification is complete. We are 100% justified. Sanctification is never complete in this life. Paul teaches us in our text that this war between the new nature and the old nature doesn't end in this life. In church terminology, we say that in this life, we are the church militant, the fighting church. When we die, or if Christ comes back before we die, we're transferred to the church triumphant. And the war is over. We're in heaven, you know, that's what I mean by that. And the war is over. I think that's something to look forward to, to help stay in the, war, in the war while we're here. While we are in the church militant, while we are being sanctified, God does give us some responsibility. There are things we can do through which God strengthens our new nature to fight that old nature in these, this battle or this war. <clears throat> In Lutheran jargon, we'll, we tend to say, faithfully partake of the word and sacraments. Well, we know the sacraments are baptism and the Lord's Supper. But what does it mean to faithfully partake of God's word? I'm going to try an illustration that hopefully, because it has some visual aspect, will help remember. But think of your hand as representing ways to grasp the Bible. This is not a Bible, this is a hymnal. But think of your hand as a way, well, that's not a hymnal, this is a lectionary. Uh, well, that's the word, too. So use my hand to grasp the word. Each of the four fingers and the thumb is assigned some aspect of partaking of God's word. The pinky finger is hearing. Uh, Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The ring finger is reading, and Revelation 1, 3 says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. The middle finger is study the word. 
Acts 17, 11, these referring to the Bereans, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they searched the scriptures daily. They studied the Bible to see whether what Paul was telling them was so. The, the index finger is memorized. Psalm 119, 9 and 11, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy word have I hid in mine heart. That's memorizing. That I might, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And then the thumb is meditate. <clears throat> Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. And I've known this illustration from another source for years, and it only had those five things. But it, it seemed like singing has to be a part of that, because singing is one way we can partake of God's Word. And it even helps us sometimes memorize God's Word. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another, <clears throat> excuse me, in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So I'm just going to say the whole hand is singing because you can sing, you can meditate by singing, I hope, <laughs> and so forth, study and memorize and all that. Memorize, you know, I don't want to embarrass Janet, but she uses singing to help the kids memorize a lot of stuff. Scripture, a lot of scripture. So all of this involves effort, work, work, as does this lifelong battle between our old nature and our new natures. May God graciously work in us for him to make it happen. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Oh,